0: Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by one of the men of Moses Lake Baptist Church. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Anyways, if you have your Bibles, Isaiah chapter number 41 is where we'll find our text tonight. And I'm not going to ask you to stand for uh, the reading of the Word tonight just for the sake of time. We want to just jump right on into it. But Isaiah chapter number 41, and we're going to just read just one simple verse here, verse number 10. It perhaps is a very well-known verse, or maybe a verse that you have heard before, you just didn't realize where it was at. Uh, this particular verse is kind of tucked away here in a prophecy in the book of Isaiah, and oftentimes could be even skipped over if, uh, you, if you weren't looking for it. But Isaiah chapter number 41, and verse number 10, the Bible simply says to us, fear thou not. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed. For I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee. With the right hand of my righteousness. Let me read it one more time. And let's go ahead and let's read it out loud together. If you would. Ready, begin. Fear thou not. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed. For I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Let's pray, and then we'll get right on into the word of God here tonight. Father, what a blessing to be in your house tonight, and Lord, I pray that you would calm my nerves and help me to say only those things that need to be said tonight and to leave unsaid the things that have no bearing and will make no difference. And I just pray, Lord, that for these next few moments, the cares of life, the cares of this world, the... chaotic mess even that we find ourselves in oftentimes would just be put to the side. Even the cares of what we're going to do tomorrow or later tonight, that they would just be put on hold for these next few moments that we might be able to hear the encouragement of your word, be challenged from it. I pray, Lord, that you would have free reign and free course in our hearts and lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would just, uh, uh, Lord, speak to each heart as only you can. And I pray that you'd give each person here that message that they need this evening. Again, Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us. We do ask your blessings upon our time together now. For it's in thy son's precious name we do ask these things and all God's people said, amen. Amen. COVID-19, otherwise known as the coronavirus, has sent shockwaves throughout our world. We are living in an unprecedented era and an unprecedented time in all of history. Why, just this week, I was reminded by the way of the news and the news outlets by talking to folks as I would meet them uh, at the various work locations that I traveled to, of all the different things that were taking place just because of this coronavirus. This week, we saw the cancellation of major sports organizations as the NBA and the NCAA and all the different uh, major sport outlets begin to cancel games, and begin to cancel seasons. The XFL, for any of you that have been following, uh, just were very, just really into their first five games of their entire uh, organization, their entire existence, and here they are. Uh, they've disbanded at least for now and for this time. The NCAA tournaments, the March Madness that many of us were looking forward to, has all been canceled, and, and it, then we see now, even just in the last few days, uh, where schools and colleges and even daycares are canceling and they're closing their doors and they're pressing the pause button. And Pastor mentioned just a moment ago that Brother Carlos is coming back up from uh, California as they put a, a hold, if you will, and they're transitioning to an online platform just because of this coronavirus uh, Obviously, we've even heard of in our own state there in Seattle that there are large group gathering limits and you cannot have over 250 people and you have to disband into smaller quantities. Uh, we have travel restric- restrictions and self-quarantines that are in place. There's a worldwide toilet paper shortage. Uh, there's a declared national emergency and a de- declared day of prayer today even for our nation, and the phrase social distancing, which I had never heard of in my entire life until this week, has now become commonplace and a common part of even our day-to-day language, all in just a single week. Fox News reported that as of Saturday, March the 14th, the United States had over 2,200 reported uh, coronavirus cases, with 49 confirmed fatalities already. However, worldwide there was more than 130,000 people that had already died because of the coronavirus and more have been infected. It's just amazing to hear the reports that have come in and that was the numbers from yesterday and now they're saying that in the United States there's closer to 3,000 confirmed cases of the coronavirus. Panic and fear have overtaken the calmness and the clarity Self-preservation has now become the root of much of the selfishness that you and I read about and hear about in our headlines. Why, just this week, our co-workers were talking about in the state of New York. That, they were the, that there were customers stealing from other customers when the products were in their own hands as they were uh, shopping at the supermarkets and at the Walmarts. And, and it's just amazing that self-preservation, that pride, and that, uh, that, uh, that desire to be first and that desire to take care and to look out for myself has become so prevalent. Another man by the name of Steve Taylor, a clinical psychologist, as he was being interviewed for Fox News, he said people... Being the social creatures that we are, we look to one another for, for clues upon what is safe and what is dangerous. And when you see someone in the store panic buying, that can cause fear in the other people around them. That's why we've had a run on toilet paper. Because somebody else saw the panic, and somebody else was, uh, was moved by the fear that was in them, and they began to buy things that they thought was necessary. Whether it's the fear of the pandemics, whether it's the fear of cancer, whether it's the fear of financial cutbacks, or the fear of dipping stocks, or failing 401ks, or whether it's the fear of the shortage of toilet paper, fear is prevalent in our society today. Fear is contagious. Fear is powerful. Fearfulness infects or affects every single age group. There's not one in the room tonight that can't say that it doesn't affect them and their stage of life. But I believe that there are two types of of fear tonight. And I want to just give these to you quickly and kind of give you some background here. I believe there are two types of fear that we see in our world today first of all we even see them in god's word but the first one i see is healthy fear healthy friends or you're of when you're showing or you're uh you're you're being reverence or you're showing respect reverential or respectful this is the kind of respect that we show to parents or to those in authority this is the type of reverence, this healthy fear that uh, Ephesians 5.33 speaks of as it's talking about the role of a wife to her husband, that she is to give this reverence unto her husband, Ephesians 5.33. There's a healthy fear, there's a reverential or respectful type of a fear. But more importantly, this kind of reverential or respectful fear is also the fear that you and I are to show unto the Lord. The Bible preaches or teaches much about it, and in the book of Proverbs it teaches us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of both wisdom and knowledge. Proverbs chapter 1 verse number 7 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs chapter 10 verse or excuse me verse chapter 9 verse number 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So we understand that there's a healthy type of fear a healthy type of respect a healthy type of reverence that we do call fear the fear of the lord perhaps you've heard them uh, you've heard it said but i see secondly the other type of fear is this is a harmful fear a harmful fear this is the fear that i will be referring to tonight this is the fear that we're going to focus into for the next few moments this is the fear that keeps us bound under the weight of our sin and bound to our shortcomings and our failures This is the fear that keeps us from experiencing victory and our emotion aroused by possible harmful fear. This fear is defined by painful emotion aroused by possible impending danger. What causes this fear? Well, it can be summed up in one word. Uncertainty. Uncertainty. Why? Because many people fear the unknown. We fear what will happen. We fear when it will happen or how will it happen. Why will it happen? When uncertainty lurks, we tend to fear because we often don't know how to deal with that uncertainty. We like to be in control. Oh man, I was thinking maybe there would be some amens right there. We do like to be in control. We like to know what's taking place. We like to... Uh, to to plan we like to prepare we like to know what's going on we like to see step number 10 before we ever take step number one we like to know what is going to take place but fear grips us when there's uncertainty when we don't know what tomorrow may bring when we don't know what's going to happen we fear even stepping out in faith because of the unknown. We fear starting a new chapter in our lives We, because we're unsure of what the future holds. We are afraid to make decisions because of the fear of the unknown. We are fearful of places that we would go because they are challenged by our fears because of what might happen. Things that we would do are stopped by fear. Convictions that we hold are quieted by fear. What are people going to think? What are people going to say? We fear not knowing how things will turn out. and. We don't know how we can handle it, and so we lean to our own understanding. We feel we can't take criticism of our beliefs, so we don't speak up or take a stand. Our fears of the unknown quickly become unrelenting. We don't want to fail. We don't want certain people to know about our true relationship with the Lord, rather the depth or the shallowness of it. We fear that if these things come to light that we will not be a part of the quote-unquote crowd But friend, let me encourage you the only crowd you need to be Worried about or fear uh, uh, To fear is not being a part of the crowd that's following the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen The Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 12 that we are not to be conformed to this world But we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind why so that You and I as Christians, you and I as believers, that we might prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The reason we fear things that we cannot control is because we fail to realize often in our minds or we refuse to acknowledge that God is the only one who is in control. God is the only one that is sovereign over the affairs of man. And a lack of faith in God and a lack of understanding of his sovereignty is what causes men and is what causes humanity to fear. When we are faced with trials and tribulations, we often see no way humanly possible that we can overcome those fears. This lack of faith in God, this lack of faith in God's power, our reasons, we give in to our fears, and we never see God's greatness. We never see God's love, and we never see God's power at work in our lives. This is why Paul instructed young Timothy Timothy who is just a young man in the faith. Timothy who didn't have a great background. His father was not a believer as far as we know. Timothy who was giving, uh, was was having uh, leadership thrust upon him to be a leader in the church that Paul was passing the baton to. Timothy who could have been fearful. Paul instructs him there in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse number 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore a Shamed of the testimony of the Lord, or nor me as prisoners, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling. One man said it this way The man who is overcome by his fears lacks a strong foundation of faith, but he who strengthens his faith weakens his fears. Can I say that again? The man who is overcome by his fears lacks a strong foundation of faith. But but he who strengthens his faith will then weaken his fears. In our passage tonight here in the book of Isaiah, we're entering into a prophecy that the prophet Isaiah is giving unto the children of Israel. And this section of the book is uh, is is this prophecy given to them about the coming captivity that they would be in. Captivity that they would experience at the hands of the Babylonians. And this prophecy was going to encourage the remnant, it would would encourage those that would be in captivity, that God was not through with them yet, that God was not done with them, that though they might find themselves in captivity in a a heathen land, in a foreign land, that God was still working on their behalf and that God would send them deliverance and God would deliver them and he would bring them back in the land. And the Lord reminds them in our our passage as well as uh, in other verses down below, the Lord says to them, fear not at least seven times. He says, fear not to us today as well. You see, as the Jewish remnant, as they face that difficult, long challenge of coming back into their land and and rebuilding, following their captivity, they could think of many reasons why they might be fearful. They might be fearful because of the enemy. They might be fearful because of the the uncertainty of how are they going to provide for their families and what was it going to take to be able to rebuild their homes and to rebuild their land and what was it going to take to get a start back and going. The Lord, however, was reminding them through the prophet Isaiah that they were not to be afraid, that God would be with them, that God would calm their fears, that God would fight for them, that God would be there for them and he was going to work on their behalf. And that's the background that we see here as Isaiah pins the words of verse number 10 of Isaiah 41, Fear thou not. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the hand of my righteousness. So why, spe- why specifically tonight, were the Jews not to fear their past failures? Why were the Jews not to fear their present circumstance? Why were the fears not to, uh, the Jews? Rather, why were they not to fear their uh, future uncertainties? And how can you and I take what we see here in this passage of Scripture? And how can it help strengthen our faith tonight so it can weaken our fears in this chaotic society and in the midst of our current circumstances? I want you to see quickly with me tonight, if you would. I want you to see, first of all, His presence. His presence. Look there in your Bibles at verse number 10. The Bible starts off by saying, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. This comes right down to the heart of the matter it comes right down to the personal level of every single person in the room tonight because all of us at one time or another, if we were honest with each other, we are gripped by fear. But God knows about our fears, and He has committed and He has commanded us not to be fearful or to be afraid. He has commanded us because He is able to banish our fears. And He with God's commandments comes God's enablements. Are you gripped tonight by a particular fear because of the coronavirus or a financial fallout or because you have to stay at home with your kids when you were hoping to send them off to school? Maybe your past maybe is fearful to you or maybe the uncertainty of your future is fearful. Let me just encourage you. We're not to be entangled by fear. Uh, The Lord can free you from that fear. And I want to tell you how and why tonight. (laughs) Have you ever noticed how many times the Lord says not to fear in his word? (laughs) Over and over and over again, the Lord reminds us that we do not need to be fearful. And the constant repetition should be proof to you and to I tonight that God does not want us to be in fear and to be in bondage to our fears. But he wants us to be free from our fears and to help increase our faith. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and He delivered me from all of my fears. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 puts it this way. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, it is He that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Isaiah 43, verse number 1 through verse number 3. The Bible then talks about being uh, not afraid. It says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the water, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. You know why you and I don't have to fear? The Lord is with us. You and I don't have to fear because the Lord is with us. His presence is there for us. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. For thou art with me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 through 6, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. When you stop and you think about it, if the Lord himself really is with you, if God's presence is around you, then how can you and I remain fearful? I don't know about you, but I used to be scared of the dark. I used to hate going down into the basement of our house there in Colorado because I was scared of the dark. I thought for sure something might get me. But you know what? If my mom or my dad or my older brothers or sisters, if they were to go with me, their presence alone gave me confidence and courage to go into the dark. Brothers and sisters in Christ, If we've got God's presence with us, then we don't need to fear going into the dark. We don't need to fear what man can do unto us because the realized presence of God in your life is the secret to being released from fear. My Lord is with me and because he is with me, I don't need to be afraid. I see, first of all, you and I don't need to fear that we can fear not because of God's presence with us. He says it, I am with thee. But secondly, I see not only his presence, but secondly, I see because he is personal. He is personal. He goes on to say, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. To be dismayed is to be discouraged. Discouragement is one of the prevailing problems of our day, and it always comes from the devil. His aim is always to get us down and to keep us down and to to discourage us. He desires that we be a picture of constant discouragement to the world rather than to be a picture of joy and delight like the Lord wants us to be. But God reminds us that we don't need to be dismayed. We don't need to be discouraged. We don't need to be cast about because he is a personal God. He is, the Bible says, my God. David dealt with discouragement, didn't he? 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse number 6, which Pastor, I'm sure, will preach in the upcoming weeks or maybe a few months from now. David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, and every man for his son and for his daughters. But the Bible goes on to say, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David then got that. That encouragement from the Lord and years later when Solomon was his son and Solomon was thinking about building a temple for God, David encouraged his son Solomon not to be discouraged, not to look at all the insurmountable things that might happen, not to go, well, man, we're raising money for this church property and all of a sudden all this stuff is happening. Be not discouraged because God is still on the throne. And David encouraged Solomon because David had encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He was able then in 1 Chronicles chapter 28 to tell Solomon. And David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of a good courage. Do it. Fear not. Nor be dismayed for the Lord thy God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of God. Friends, if God Almighty... The almighty God of heaven, if he is is with us, then doesn't it put your fears and our problems to rest? That he is our God. I am your God, he says. If you are bruised and battered from the fight, if you are broken or hurting from the trials and the testings of life, remember I am thy God, and nothing comes unto your life that I have not first filtered and allowed. I am a personal God. But I love the way the Bible says it. Look down at verse number 10 again. He says, Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Notice it's not saying that the people or even the prophet Isaiah is not the one speaking here. He's not saying, You are mine. Instead, it's the Lord saying that I am yours. There's a big difference there, isn't it? He's a personal God. No matter how uncertain or how discouraged or how fearful. You might feel if you are his child, then he gives you full assurance that he is thy God. You might be discouraged tonight because of what's going on in the world. You might be discouraged because of what's taking place with the financial situations. You might be discouraged because you might have a wayward son or a daughter or a family member. You might be discouraged because of the uncertainties that are laying before you. But there is no no reason or need to be dismayed for the Lord is a personal God. And he's a God that will give you the encouragement and the comfort that just you personally need. He is a personal Savior. So I see his presence. I see he's personal. But number three, I see he's powerful. You don't need to be afraid because I and you serve a powerful God. Look at the last part of verse number 10. It says, I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I see here that the Lord is powerful. He says that he, is our, or he will strengthen us. The Lord is our support and our strength. Whether we are facing the demands of our ordinary lives or we're facing the dilemmas of a chaotic society, that God himself is all-powerful, he is all-knowing, and he is there to grant us the strength and to grant us the grace that you and I need. Aren't you thankful for God's grace tonight? To Paul, the Lord said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul's response then in verse number 10 was simply, When I am weak, uh, then I am strong. Not because of myself, but because of the grace of God. And friend, you might feel weak tonight, but God is there to strengthen you. God is there to support you. God is there to help you because he will strengthen you. But I also see he's powerful enough to be our helper. He says, I will help thee. Psalmist said it this way in Psalm 54, verse number four, behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. Hebrews 13, verse six, we read it earlier, but it says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The fact is that we are weak. Amen. 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 Shake that bush. Chuck the corn. We're weak, aren't we? This morning in our Sunday school hour, in our live stage class, we learned about the struggle that takes place within us, and we realized that all of us struggle from day to day to live the Christian life and we struggle, we often take one step forward and two steps back and we're constantly battling the flesh and the flesh and the spirit are constantly at war and there's this inner struggle, there's this inner war that's always taking place, but sadly, too many Christians, we put on a fake facade when we come to church and we act like super Joe Christian or super Mary Christian and we're never ever, uh, ever discouraged about the things of God and we're never ever taking two steps back and two steps forward and six steps back, no, no pastor, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm super I'm great, I'm good, I've been reading all of my Bible this week, you know, and and so too many times we, we put on this fake facade like we're not weak, that we're not in times of need where we don't need help, but the Bible reminds us over and over again that when I am weak, he is strong that we can find His strength in the time of our need. And many Christians tonight, if we would take off that fake facade, if we would take off the, 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 the fakeness that is there and be honest with each other, that we would realize that we need help, that we are not strong, that we are weak. And the Lord says that I will come alongside and I will offer the help that you need. And perhaps it's a physical need. Maybe it's a loved one who's ill or in trouble. Maybe it's the lack of assurance of God's love and your or forgiveness because you think that your sin is too mighty or it's too big, but is it possible that maybe even God's asking you to take a step of faith tonight and you need that help that only he can provide? He's a helper. God is our help psalm said psalm thirty three twenty says it this way, our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm 37, verse 39 and 40. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. I love this passage. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will we not fear. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though there's a toilet paper shortage. No, it doesn't say that. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, God is our refuge and our strength in time of trouble. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Hebrews 4, verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need God the Lord is right there to help you he is our helper he is our strength and he is powerful enough to uphold thee you see it there the last part of the verse I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness can you say tonight that you are absolutely safe and secure for all of eternity some would say that's a presumptuous statement but it's not if he is your God. If he is holding you right now, then he is upholding you too. And I love the way that Jesus said it in John chapter number 10 and verses 29 through, or 27 through 29. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my, father's hand, or out of my hand. My father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. If you're his child tonight, you are safe and you are secure forever. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit Moses Lake Baptist Church.